Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, where we're going to dive into the mysterious world of plastic surgery. My name's Alex and each episode I'm sitting down with the respected surgeons Dr Richard Bloom and Dr Kim Taylor from Replastic Surgery and we're going to ask all the hard questions that you want the answers to. Moist and not coming in saying I want to look like Posh Spice or Pamela Anderson. And so it can be quite life-changing for them and um, we see improvements in their self-esteem, their confidence. If someone's had good work done, then no, I don't, I don't believe it is obvious. If you're having a breast augmentation, you know, you don't want to be going to the plastic surgeon who does road trauma. All surgeries include a recovery period, but due to the nature of the tummy tuck, it can take a lot longer to get back on your feet. So this episode, Dr Richard Bloom and Dr Kim Taylor from Replastic Surgery are going to talk us through the recovery period and what we can do before and after the operation to make sure we get the best results. Thanks for coming in, Kim and Richard. Thanks for having us again, Alex. Hi, Alex. So the tummy tuck is a little bit more complex than other surgeries, as we've talked about in previous episodes, but it seems to have a much more difficult or longer recovery time. Is that the case, Kim? Yes, I would say that that is definitely the, the case. Patients generally spend two or even three nights in hospital. And the way that we stitch them up, which Richard talked about in the previous episode, was that we bend the operating table in not quite in half, but we flex them at their hips so that um, we can remove as much skin as possible. So when patients are initially getting out of bed and starting to move around, they generally are walking around like little old ladies, really, really hunched over in the middle. And it does take quite a number of days and sometimes even a few weeks before they're able to stand quite upright. Generally, when they're at home in that first week, they're really just around the home. Whereas after breast procedures, they're often, whilst they still have some discomfort, they're a bit more mobile and could go out and do little short walks out of out of the house even, whilst most patients are generally relatively confined to home for the first week or two. But each day tends to get more comfortable when they're able to get a little bit more upright. And overall, the recovery in terms of getting back to in inverted commas, I guess, normal, is does we do say still round about that six-week mark, which is for all, all other surgeries, but the, the first couple of weeks are generally a bit tougher and generally people would need to have a, a little bit more supports at home and um, usually a little bit more time off work. When we were talking about the breast surgeries, the reductions as well as augmentation, we discussed Franken-boob which obviously is a lot of bruising that happens after that. Is there is there a, is it very visual, I guess, after you've had a tummy tuck that you want people to know about before they get to that period? It's not quite to the same extent. Whilst they, they are bent in half, though, so they're kind of like, am I ever going to stand up straight is often the thought. The, the skin itself can swell up a reasonable and but quite variable amount and it depends if they've had some liposuction. Common areas for liposuction would be around the hips. So those areas can bruise up and look a bit swollen and as well. So And that can also kind of extend around their back and down their thighs sometimes and make those areas look a bit bruised and worse. And the other area is the pubic area, which can often swell up a reasonable amount too because purely essentially because of gravity. So women and men as well can tend to freak out a little bit about that. But the overall abnormality is is not quite to the same extent as with a breast. Um, and they can see the flat result um, immediately too. 
One thing I'm actually uh, noticing in our Read Girls Facebook group is uh, the number of women who notice swelling in their thighs after a tummy tuck. And I think to a certain degree it, it is real because we are making a cut at the top of the thigh, so there would be some degree of swelling. But I think it's also a relative swelling. So their tummy suddenly is uh, way flatter than what it previously has been. So relatively their thighs are looking bigger. <laughs> um, and I saw a patient today for whom that that's a, a real issue for her. Mm. With a flat tummy, relatively her thighs are, are, are bigger than what they appeared previously because they were camouflaged by... Um, they were more in proportion with what her tummy was. So, yeah, so, I mean, that's probably the closest equivalent to the franken-boob tummy. I would agree with that. And I think it's something that, you know, we're noticing more because people just looking at themselves a lot more in their recovery period as well. And there's something that I've been saying to patients for a long time when they're having a breast reduction. So if they've got massive breasts and they can't see their tummy, you do a breast reduction, they notice their tummy more. Like we haven't made that any bigger. So the, the thighs is a similar comparison to that. Mm. And I suppose people are actually photographing the journey through the recovery much more, aren't they? Definitely. One of the great things in the our closed Facebook group is how our patients are documenting their journeys, which is... I think they get a lot of benefit from in terms of watching their own progress, but certainly beneficial to new patients and, and patients who are actually going through the process to be able to look back and, and see what other women have been through through the journey is very reassuring for them. And they're, they're supporting each other saying, oh, yeah, I had that exact same thing. You know, don't worry, I had the same thing. It'll be fine. It's, you know, early days, it'll settle down. So one of the aspects of the surgery that a lot of people focus on are the drains, the surgical drains. Richard, can you talk to us a little bit more about those? Yeah, so um, we do use drains in other operations, but 100% of tummy tucks really would have a drain. The drains are very, very thin, maybe five millimetres or so wide, plastic tubes that are sitting under the skin and they have two roles. One is they take away any excess fluid and secondly, they help the skin because we've lifted all the skin. Remember, we've lifted all the skin up off the tummy wall. So it then helps because they're on negative pressure. So it's suction. They helped us for that skin to stick back down onto the tummy wall so that it doesn't create any fluid. So the two raw surfaces being the muscle wall and the undersurface of the skin, they're like two raw surfaces if you graze your knee or something. So they're just creating fluid. And so the drains take away the fluid. There's always a lot of probably unnecessary concern about the drains. Definitely people don't like them. They don't like the thought of them. But I would say the majority of them are usually surprised at how painless they are to actually remove. Removing them probably takes under a second to take them out. And because they're non-stick, they just slide out pretty easily. So... I appreciate, you know, why people don't like to have them. It is a bit annoying, but the reality is the time when you've got them, you, it's not like you're going out for dinner or going to work. Generally, it's very early in the recovery phase. And so they are a necessary part and I think they do shorten the recovery period. They decrease the swelling. They decrease your risk of having a, a chronic seroma, which may then need more surgery to, to repair down the track. Well, in terms of recovery, we've kind of talked about the beginning of the journey, but how long does it actually take from the day of surgery to when you're back to the way that you were originally or not originally? Yeah, so hopefully a 
somewhat better version of original. Um, But I would say around six weeks, people are starting to feel like they're getting close to back to normal, but it probably really takes up to about three months before they're feeling like, yeah, I'm back at the gym doing maybe not quite the same amount of weights or duration that they were before, but feeling like they're back on track doing that. So it certainly is a little bit longer um, recovery period than a lot of the other surgeries that we perform. And will women be able to do sit-ups and and weights for the rest of their lives normally or will they have to kind of pull that back a little bit after the operation? They should actually be able to do them better than before because the muscles have been realigned. The strength and the position that they're in is, is where they should be and so it can take a lot of retraining as well and if you think someone's, say, 40 that they're having their surgery done and they had their kids maybe in their 20s. The muscles have been in the wrong place for 5, 10, 15 years. So it's not going to happen overnight. Whilst the repair happens overnight, the um, the re-strengthening, the retraining, the posture really takes work as well. And a lot of my patients I recommend even prior to their surgery, if they've got terrible posture and really poor muscle control, is actually to have some Pilates or some physio before they undergo their surgery. So that at least once they've had the surgery, they, they kind of know some of those movements. But a lot of those movements should be significantly easier to control and um, better for them once they've had that, that muscle repair. Yeah. And in terms of we talked before that a lot of women should ideally wait till they've completed their family um, to have this surgery, how soon after giving birth should they wait in terms of health as well as looking after um, their children? Well, yeah, I think you've sort of highlighted two issues. So one is when their body is back to normal. So that would be when you've returned to your pre-pregnancy weight uh, and uh you know, the, the skin is retracted as much, is stable and is retracted as much as it can. The other aspect to it, though, is when their kids are sort of self-caring and and uh, walking. I mean, obviously you can get around that a little bit if you've got a supportive partner or family who can help out. But whilst carrying heavy, heavy items is out for, you know, several weeks, you can lift from a maybe two or three weeks. So you can, you could lift a small child into a car or into a bath, but not carry them around the supermarket. But you've still got that first two or three weeks. So if you've got a toddler who can't uh, yet walk, it's going to make life very, very difficult for you. So there's the two aspects. So body back to pretty much normal um, and kids who are somewhat self-caring or, or supportive partner would be the two limitations. So it'd be pretty unusual to do a tummy tuck on a woman who has had a, a baby in within the last year. And I'll just add something that occasionally I get asked, um, can we do a tummy tuck at the time that someone has a, um, delivers their baby? So uh, Get the caesarean done yeah, all at have once. Yeah, caesarean <laughs> and have a quick tummy tuck. And um, the absolute answer to that is no. And th- there's many, many reasons, but um, they may not actually require that operation. Um, and so they, they really need to just deal with having the baby, uh, looking after the baby, getting through that, um, focusing on the, the baby and then um, getting their body as, in as good a shape as it's going to get to 
and then reassess as to whether they do need this kind of surgery or not. Um, and certainly not every single woman that's had a pregnancy needs a tummy tuck. Um, uh, there's, there's, I wouldn't even be able to hazard a guess at the percentage of people that would have significant muscle issues, but it would be less than 10%, I, w- I would say. Uh, just on that idea of having a tummy tuck, I'd, I'd go as far as saying it's actually negligent to do it at the same time. I mean, there's a whole lot of medical reasons why you just wouldn't do it. You're never going to get the, a result. And I mean, as Kim said, it may not even be necessary, but um, anyone offering to do that, I think uh, you need to stay away from. It's too clear, yeah. Um, another thing that we haven't talked about yet is scarring. Obviously, this procedure does have more, well, a larger scar than other procedures. What do you recommend people can do during their recovery to try and minimise that in, that visual impact of a scar? Let me go back a step first. So it, it is a long scar, you're right, but the, the key with a tummy tuck, and we this is one of the big things we see from other surgeons that they do wrong, is, is that they don't keep it low enough. So um, the scar is usually a pretty good quality scar, but the key is to keep it long. Um, keeping it short doesn't make that much difference, but... Um, as long as it's low and you can hide it in underwear and bikinis, it's usually not problematic. So um, how the scar ends up depends on the location. So tick, the tummy's a good area for, for, for wound healing. Number two, obviously, is technique. Again, tick for us. Um, we, we're very meticulous with how we close the skin um, and that's our training. And then down the track, um, for all of our patients, we offer them laser treatments at eight weeks and 12 weeks for their scar. And that tends to help soften the scar and it certainly decreases the early redness in the scar. And then the last thing is time. So scars will continue to evolve even out for a year and sometimes even out for two years. So don't love it or hate it for at least six or maybe even 12 months because if you look back on it at 12 months and look back on it, what it looked like at six months, it'll it'll almost certainly look better. And then the general things are just general good health and nutrition and exercise and just being fit and healthy. In terms of sort of mythical, magical ointments and things that people often ask us about. Manuka honey is always yeah. one that pops up. Is that a myth? Rosehip oil, vitamin E, none of them have much science behind um, improving them. Um, we do use taping for six weeks. Um, there's some, some evidence that taping, particularly with silicon taping, which we use, may help. Um, so we do do that. But a lot of the other stuff, um, use it, won't cause any harm, but it, it doesn't make much difference. Mostly time. The only other scar that Richard didn't mention is the one around the outside of the belly button. So because we pull it through that hole in the skin, um, there is an additional scar there and that Essentially, if someone wanted to wear a bikini, is the only scar that is potentially visible. Um, we both do our belly button scars slightly different um, from each other, but still reasonably similar and quite different to how a lot of sur- other surgeons would do. So the aim is to make it look natural and aesthetic, um, and a round scar is not that. So ask to see photos of belly button scars, and um, th- that's often a giveaway in someone's work as to how much care and how meticulous they are about 
the results. There's nothing worse than, uh, I think, to see, and there's this giant, big, round scar around the outside of someone's belly button, and that is an absolute giveaway to this sort of surgery. So we try to make the scar sort of actually... It's hard to describe without seeing a photo of it, but so it actually looks like it's almost inside the belly button, so it, it kind of retracts down and is as hidden as possible. Mm, interesting. Well, look, we've obviously been talking about how serious this operation is and the recovery time, but before we go, what are a couple of things that, that someone that's listening that's preparing for a surgery can do in the days before just to make the, the first week or two easier? So I think be prepared beforehand. There's quite a few things that you can get organised in your home beforehand. So that would be meals is is something that you can either arrange to have um, online meals delivered or pre-pack, pre-prepare, lots of frozen meals, or else recruit someone that's going to be at home with you that can um, do all those sort of things. The other thing that's really useful, what's been described as a pillow fort, so having many pillows and having them all propped up in and around your bed. So um, these patients do need to keep flexed at the hips and also at the knees. So essentially almost in a chair type of position. So if they're going to be sleeping in their own bed, then having a lot of pillows to support their knees and their back. Other patients that we've had more recently have been um, even renting recliner type chairs that they've found of being comfortable to sit in for that first week or two uh, or to sleep in as well. But again, also having many pillows and um, having assistance at home as well. So a shout out here to an independent uh, group of women who are running a company called Pure You Concierge. So Kim and I are not affiliated with them, but they're previous plastic surgery patients who've been through all of this and they've sourced a lot of these aids that Kim has uh, is referenced. Um, so you can buy them through them and they also offer a service where they can come out and actually look after you and care for you in the in the few, first few days after your recovery. Well, that brings us to the end of um, the tummy tuck journey. If anyone has any questions, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram, Replastic Surgery, uh, or to our website. We've got plenty of information on there as well. And in terms of what's coming up next, Kim and Richard have a very interesting episode, which is what everyone really wants to hear about, unfortunately, with plastic surgery, which is the operations that they have encountered that other people have done that did not go according to plan. So that's botched, which is the next episode. Um, It's a bonus episode in the series. But thank you very much for joining me, Richard and Kim. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Keeping It Real. To keep up with our next episodes, go and subscribe on Spotify or iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you have further questions or want to take the next step, visit www.replasticsurgery.com.au or follow Re on social media. 